Before we start this episode, I want to share with you that this is the seventh episode and normally I have notes that I read or refer to and the notes are really just to help keep me on track because sometimes as I talk, I can kind of get long-winded and get off track and So I just try to make sure that I stay on track and stay consistent. But what I found is the notes are really a barrier. And they're not allowing me to be vulnerable and to truly share with you all of my experiences. In all of the episodes previous and all the other episodes that I'm going to share with you in the future... Everything is something that I'm going through or have gone through. So I have a lived experience of the topics that I'm talking about. But when I have notes or when I read from a script that I've created, I'm still protecting myself and shielding myself because I'm afraid that if I really share how I feel, that you're going to judge me that you're going to criticize me, that you are going to label me as crazy. And these aren't unwarranted things. These are things that I've actually experienced. I've experienced judgment and criticism for my feelings. I've been called crazy. And so it's not as if this is coming from some place where it's just a nebulous, like, oh, why would you even think that? Like, these are things that I've actually experienced. And yet... What I have found in this life, in this journey, is that storytelling is so powerful. And that when I allow myself to truly be vulnerable and share what I've experienced, shared what I feel, share the pain, the joy, the confusion, the frustration, the two steps forward, ten steps back, that someone else resonates with that and feels seen. And I know that feeling because there have been so many times where I've read something, heard something, or had a conversation one-on-one with someone who was vulnerable enough with me to share their story. And I saw myself. I saw myself reflected back at me where I could hear someone say the exact same words that I was thinking but didn't say. Or I could see someone in a panic And their body responds to something in a very similar way that my body responds. And to have that shared feeling of, I'm not the only person that thinks this, that feels this, it's so deeply powerful. And I want to be able to share that with all of you. So from this episode moving forward, I'm not going to have any notes. I'm just going to talk and I'm going to share And I'm going to talk about what I'm going through in the moment, all the lessons that I'm experiencing in the moment, and also try to make it a little bit broader because a lot of the conversations that I have with people, we're all going through the same thing at the same time. And so I know that I'm not alone. I know that you're not alone. And I want to be able to share that so that we all can have some feeling of shared healing together and that we can really move forward and know that 
vulnerability isn't a, isn't a scary thing. So join me in this episode. It's going to be intense because I'm in a pocket of intensity right now. But I really want to be open and I want you to know me as I get to know myself. So let's go. Hello and welcome to I'm In Here, a space all about spirituality, healing and awakening for black women, inclusive of women of trans experience, as well as gender non-conforming and non-binary people of color. Here I share tools and skills that have helped me along my spiritual and personal journey, and hopefully you will find some value in the information for your own journey to grow, heal, and align with your higher self. My name is Kendall, and I thank you for joining me. For this episode, I'm bringing in three huge components that I'm in the process in the middle of right now. And this is also going to be piggybacking off of the last episode that we did where my wife and I were talking about the work. The episode was born out of a conversation that my wife and I were having with our oldest daughter because she hears us talking and we share with her sometimes the things that we're uh, practicing, the things that we discover about ourselves as we're both in therapy. Um, Actually, all three of us are in therapy. And as we heal together, my wife and I have realized that one of the things that has been really detrimental for the both of us is that our families have had secrets. I think in storytelling that we're able to see each other's humanity in a completely broader, more compassionate sense. And I know that it's harder with family members because these are relationships that you are in very closely with, whether that's blood family, family of origin, or your chosen family, it's very challenging to be seen in your pain. And so I understand why previous generations, they just didn't do that. I mean, they also didn't have the resources. They didn't have the tools. They didn't have the time because they were just trying to survive. They were just trying to get through the day, trying to put food on the table, trying to send kids off to school, just trying to pay bills, like very basic things. And so there was never time to talk about the pain, the hurt, the suffering, the fear, the anxiety, the depression. So my wife and I have been in our, in our work is, is we've been sharing and what's appropriate for their ages, but sharing with our children, some of the things that we've been experiencing, some of our history, how we navigated that history, how we're stumbling right now, how we're making mistakes and we're constantly trying to work on ourselves. And so in that conversation or in those conversations, we we talk about the work. And as we talk and share things that we've discovered about ourselves in therapy sessions, we'll kind of end off the conversation by saying, oh my goodness, the work, oh, the work is hard. (laughs) So much work, the work. And our daughter asked us, what is the work actually? What are you doing? 
And so that prompted the last episode. And I invite you after you listen to this to go back if you haven't heard that one. Also around the time that that episode was uploaded was the day after Mother's Day. And Mother's Day, it's it's an interesting time. It's an interesting holiday, I think, for many of us. For some of us, Mother's Day could be a wonderful time to celebrate and pour love and, and compassion to our mothers, whether they're our biological mothers or our mothering caregivers. And for other people, Mother's Day can be a very challenging time because we have challenging relationships with our mothers. For me, Mother's Day has never held a lot of weight. And I think that was because I intentionally kept myself separate from Mother's Day. It wasn't something that just kind of was celebrated in my house. I would make cards for my mom. I would have flowers and things like that. But in terms of, ooh, like really celebrating the day, it was never something that was a priority in our in our household of celebrating Mother's Day and making a whole fanfare. So it's carried into me as an adult where I don't really want to celebrate Mother's Day. And when uh, my daughters ask me what it is that I want, I always say, I just want to have peace and quiet. <laughs> I don't want to do any chores. I don't want to do any any type of activity where I'm bending for someone else. I just want to do what I want to do. Most of the time, I just want to relax. And the third component of this episode is right now I'm in the process of working on healing my inner child. I started working with my inner child around sometime last year in 2020. I want to say like in the summertime of 2020. Really, that's what prompted me to even start my healing journey all the way back over 10 years ago, because I started to realize that I would have certain reactions to things. If somebody said something, did something, or I would have a mental flashback of something, that I would respond in certain ways that I didn't quite understand why I was responding. Particularly if other people around me didn't see the same thing as a threatening situation or a a threatening or harmful speech. Then I started to wonder to myself, well, if other people don't think this is so bad, why do I think it's so bad? Why am I feeling like I'm in a panic? And as I started really doing this healing work with my inner child or my younger self, I usually say my younger self, all these things started to come up to the surface. And suddenly I was able to understand why I responded the way that I did. I have a lot of anxiety. I didn't know that that anxiety was coming up because as a child, things were happening around me and I had to figure out ways to keep myself safe and protected. I realized that all these things that I'm doing, I'm doing from a place of protection. And that enabled me to have more compassion for myself. I said very recently to my wife that for so long I felt trapped in my body, but I didn't know that. I just... I was living like that all the time where I was constantly aware, constantly vigilant, constantly bracing myself. And it was just exhausting. It got to a point where it was physically exhausting. A lot of this goes back to those very foundational formative years of 
being a child and wanting to protect myself. And I, I, I got to a place where I was like, okay, now I want to be able to not even so much heal to get to a place of, of wellness, because I know that this is a journey. And I know that for the rest of my life, these are things that will constantly come up. But just to be able to recognize it and then to be able to to say to my younger self, right now I'm safe and thank you so much for protecting me. We're going to get deeper into that, but let me kind of go back a little bit. So just to give you a little backstory, um, I have two moms. They're not queer. My biological mother passed away when I was very young. After she passed then I was adopted by my mom. So the person that I refer to as my mom is is this woman who raised me, who nurtured me, who took care of me, who loved me. She was the nurturing figure in my life, as well as my grandmother. It just so happens that my mother is also biologically my aunt. Knowing that I have two mothers, I see very much how both of their personalities live inside of me. And it was really challenging for me for the parts that don't look exactly like my mother, but look more like my biological mother, because I had a very short span of time with my biological mother. So I didn't get to know her as an adult. I only know her as a, as a mother, as, as, as a child. She passed when I was six years old. I mean, seven years old. This very limited time that I had with her I just have this one perspective, this one view of her as mother, but I don't know her as a woman. I don't know her as a daughter. I don't know her as a sister. Who knows how that relationship would have evolved over time. But with my mom who raised me, I'm able to see all the different facets of her and not just see her as my mom. And so I didn't, have that with my biological mother. So there are times where there's certain things that come up that I don't know where this is coming from. I don't know what is at the root of this, this personality trait that I have. And then I realize, well, maybe this is something that my biological mother carried. And I'm fortunate that I have family members who are able to tell me stories and give me a a much more colorful picture of her Uh, even before I was born, just to kind of know what she was like personality-wise. From my perspective, my biological mother, very fun, very lively, like the life of the party. She just lit up a room. She was a petite woman, but just had such a big personality. There's no doubt in my mind that she had such deep love and care for me. I know that my biological mother truly loved and cared for me. And the flip side of that coin is that she had a lot of anger and a lot of rage. And a lot of times I would not know what triggered that anger. Maybe something happened. Maybe she had an interaction with someone else that triggered something within her. And then I would get the brunt of her anger. So she would yell at me. I didn't get spanked a lot as a child. I can recall one time that I got spanked and it was enough to just rock my world. Because when it happened, I remember thinking, why is this person who I love so much, who I look up to wanting to hurt me in this way? 
as the story was told to me, the reason why my mother, my biological mother, no longer spanked me or didn't spank me as often as she did, because there were many times that she wanted to, was that her anger and her frustration, her rage was so intense and so great that she had to walk away from me for fear that she would really physically hurt me. Now, I didn't hear that story until I was older and she had already passed away. The way the story was told was kind of very comical. Initially, I kind of received it as that. as like, oh, wow, like, oh my goodness. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But as that sat with me more and more, the thought of you're so angry, and not at me, but you're just so angry that you had to walk away from a, a your child from your from this little kid for fear that you would hurt me like that is intense the interesting thing about that is even though she did walk away i still felt her rage because even though she didn't hit me with her hand or a belt she hit me with her words she would hit me with her energy she was intense in her rage because I was a child, I thought that I was the cause of her rage. What I started to do was to shrink myself, not knowing that it wasn't me that she was angry at. It wasn't me that was creating her or igniting her rage. But I had no understanding of that as a kid and so I I walked around the house kind of at times like on eggshells trying to make sure that I didn't upset my mother my biological mother over time that became a very vigilant practice that I did that I still do to this day where I'm constantly scanning people's body language even though she wasn't yelling I could very easily see in her body she was upset and she was angry. So now as an adult, as a 40-year-old person, I'm constantly scanning people's bodily reactions, their body language. What are they, they? They may say something that's positive, but what is their face doing? I even do it when I walk into new environments where I'm somewhere that I've never been or in a gr- group of people that I've never been around I'm always, that's that's even more when I'm on alert, constantly checking, scanning what's going on, listening, listening to how people say things, not so much what they say, but how they say it, and then watching their body. And going back to the mothering component of this, when I became a parent myself, I equated mothering or more, more so nurturing, I'll use the word nurturing, to kind of like this back and forth, this push and pull. And I didn't quite know how to nurture. After my biological mother passed, I really shut down. I honestly don't recall being eight, that whole year of my life being eight. I have no recollection. I could not tell you what happened. I cut myself off from myself and I was very fortunate in that my mother who raised me my my aunt who took me in had an amazingly loving and supportive environment I'm very fortunate 
to have that. She really created a space for me to be myself and really loved me for me. Even with the wonderful, loving, supportive, nurturing environment, safe environment that I had, I still felt very closed off. But with this past year or so of working with my inner child, my younger self, it's gotten me to a place of questioning, what does nurturing, what does mothering mean to me? I became a parent at a young age. I had my oldest daughter when I was 19. I had to shift from being a young person who doesn't know <laughs> the world, who just just stepped out of my mother's house, being on my own for a year. And now here I am in a situation where I'm going to have to take care of another life. And I barely know how to take care of mine. I'm not even present enough within myself to be able to take care of someone else, let alone a baby who needs constant care and attention. Very quickly, I was confronted with how do I mother? How do I nurture? What do I do? I think there's a misconception that when you become a mother, that you just instinctively know what to do. It starts the minute that the child is born, or even before that, when you're carrying the child, if you have the ability to do so, where you're carrying the child in your womb, that you just are walking around here suddenly with like, oh, I know exactly what to do. Like, oh, my body is just this temple is housing this beautiful life and pregnancy is so wonderful and it's so great. That's setting us up, I think, for a lot of failure because there's already an expectation that we should just know what we need to do and we don't, we have no clue. And so when I became a parent, every day I was constantly waking up with anxiety of, I have no idea what to do. I will say that with my oldest daughter, I really struggled, I think, in my parenting, in my mothering, in my nurturing, because the things that I wanted to emulate from my mother who raised me, I had pieces and components of that, making sure that the environment was safe, that it was loving, that I was able to listen to my daughter, hear what she had to say, be open, be receptive, be loving, kind, all of that. And yet, I also had this other piece of my biological mother where I would have moments of rage. So going back to my inner child, what I've started to notice is that she is so angry. And I was very surprised that anger was underneath there because I became a people pleaser and I would always want to make sure that people were comfortable. So that meant that I went out of my way every single time to ensure that the people around me were comfortable, that they were happy, that they were good, that they had everything that they needed and that they were succeeding. And if there were choices that had to be made, I was always like, let the other people make the choice and I'm fine with whatever they decide. That became a very lonely frustrating and resentful place over time because if I'm constantly putting other people before me and I'm constantly putting myself on the back burner like yeah I'll get to it I'll get to that I'll get to that I'll get to that then I just started to feel more and more resentful of other people and also untrusting of other people I didn't ever feel as though I was 
trying to bend to someone else so that they could bend to me. I really had put myself so far back in my own mind that I didn't even think of reciprocity. It wasn't a a concept that I had. It was just, I want to make sure you're feeling good. I don't care about how I feel. Are you feeling good? And that's something that I still do to this very day. And it's something I continually breathe, slow down, scale back, and ask myself, well, well, what is it that you want, Kendall? And it's okay to be able to stand up and say what it is that I want. Being this people pleaser for all these years, I thought that, oh, well, I'm just, I have these wonderful relationships and there's nothing that I need to work on and I'm happy because everyone else in my life is happy and so everything is good and I'm good so everything's fine there's nothing that I need to work on so last year when I really um, started shifting my healing not only just working on myself but also working on myself from that little Kendall from the past I thought that she was going to be loving. I thought she was going to be sweet. I thought that she was going to be like, oh yeah, like, hey, we're going to, we're, we're healing. This is great. But instead it was anger. Like she was pissed. She is pissed because not only did little Kendall do all of these things to protect and to feel safe, she was doing it all by herself. What I mean by that is in my healing Anytime, or just in my life, let's not even say the healing, in my life in general, when I would have those immediate responses to something, that was that was little Kendall coming up. But every time that would surface, I stamped it down. I would say, oh, no, 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 no. We, we, no, we can't get upset. We can't get overly upset. We can't go in this direction of anger and rage and frustration. We're not going to do that. We're not going to get upset. And we're not going to put ourselves first. No, 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 no. Just shh, quiet, calm it down. And so I was silencing my younger self. I was silencing me. So over time, what that ended up doing is building a distrust within myself. My younger self was like, well, you're abandoning me. I'm abandoning myself. Here I was thinking as an adult, as a grown ass person, look at all these people in my life that have abandoned me, whether they died, whether they left, whether they checked out emotionally or mentally, whatever. Look at, I have a list of people. Look at all these people that left me. And yet here I was abandoning my own self. I no longer am in a place where I'm beating myself up for that. That judging, that criticizing, it kept little Kendall in that corner. Because if I'm judging and criticizing, I'm not taking the time to actually find out what's going on. I'm too busy judging and criticizing as opposed to actually saying, hey, what's going on here? Like, let's talk about it. Let's address it. Let's deal with it together. What's happening? But no, I, I would much rather go to a place of attacking myself because then I'm still not actually facing into the pain. I'm still not addressing and connecting with that younger part of myself. When I first started really working in meditation, in therapy, little Kendall was pissed. Imagine like somebody standing, arms crossed, 
foot tapping on the floor, looking at the clock, looking at their watch like, oh, now you want to show up? Oh, now you want to be here and be present with me? When I've been here saving your ass every single second and this is how you do? You keep me in a corner? You, 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 you tuck me away when people come around because you're embarrassed that I'm going to act out? So my little Kendall was like, oh, okay. I mean, you want to show up now, but like, that's cute. <laughs> what was okay? What 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 you gonna do now? And I had to really apologize to myself. I I I went into a space for a a period of time, and I I'll say I'm still in that space. I'm being totally honest. I'm still in that space of apologizing to myself and saying, look, I am really sorry that I did this, that I silenced you. I thought that I was doing that as a way to keep people close to me, but really I was. I was still keeping people at bay and even more so, I was ignoring your pain. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I did that. To tie all this back, part of my work has been really sitting with my younger self and and in every little thing that I do that is a joyous activity, something that I like to do as a kid. I loved coloring. I still do. I love coloring now. If I feel motivated to color... One, I think sometimes, okay, this is a moment where little Kendall wants to show up and wants me to engage with her. And so I pop out the coloring book, pop out the markers, and I'll I'll bring her forth in my mind. I live in Florida. I live very close to the beach. And so I love going to the ocean. And I loved going to the ocean when I was a kid, just spending all day in the water The water, the ocean was the most relaxing place that I felt just comfortable at ease. And about two weeks ago, I went to the ocean just on a whim, just felt like, hey, I need to get some fresh air. Might as well go to the beach, get in the water. And I brought little Kendall forth. And I was thinking and saying out loud, like, hey, isn't this fun? Like, like, let's let's have these fun moments together. And I honored little Kendall and I said, you know, I really appreciate you for keeping me safe. You were holding this together for so long by yourself. And now you don't have to do that by yourself anymore. I'm here. I now got these really cool resources. I got these tools and we can we can kind of like work together and see how we can go along this side by side where you're not carrying the weight of all this pain for me and I can help you carry this. And in fact, if we kind of take this bag and we open it up and we start looking at what's inside, like maybe we can kind of discard some of this stuff. Maybe we can let some of these things go. Some of it we can keep. I don't have to get rid of everything. We don't have to get rid of everything. We don't have to clean house right now, right away. But, you know, there's some things in here that have been have been rotting. And I think it's best that we 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 let it go. This past Mother's Day, I was really shifting and noticing the ways in which I'm nurturing myself, the ways in which I'm mothering myself in a completely different way or more specifically, more truthfully, actually mothering and nurturing myself because I wasn't doing it before. I wasn't doing it for so long. 
because I didn't know how. I didn't know where to begin. Oof. This was a good, this is a good chat. I want to know from you, and I really, 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 this is why sometimes, I mean, I love podcasts because I love the dialogue, but at the same time, having a, a, a conversation, right? I'm just talking to the microphone. And so you all are listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, however you're listening to this, and maybe you're pausing it and you're like, oof, that got me. Or maybe you're like, uh-huh, yes, you know, whatever. Because when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm talking back to the people. I want to know from you, what are the ways that you have noticed within yourself how you mother or nurture yourself? This is a challenging episode, y'all. It was a doozy. And we're all in this space right now of really facing into some really hard stuff. We are coming slowly out of this quarantine as many of us move into things are opening back up. We're kind of getting into, I don't even say back to normal or this new normal. We're getting into something completely different because now we've been so closed off from each other and now we're having to really figure out a new way to be with each other. We're having to learn how to interact all over again. So we're kind of starting from scratch. And so this is a really good time for us to kind of look at like, what are the ways in which that we're taking care of ourselves? What are the ways in which we're not taking care of ourselves? And how can we start to really let go of the things that are holding us down in terms of our own nurturing, nurturing ourselves? How can we be able to, to take those pebbles, to take those boulders and put them down and walk away from them and walk in, in towards something that is more restorative, more regenerative, more, more compassionate. Because the more that we do that for ourselves individually, the more we can expand to other people. It's really hard because we always think that, well, if I start with a person outside of me, I can see in real time <laughs> or I can get feedback in real time of how this is actually working. But until we really start with ourselves and really, really be truly honest about what's in there, all the shit that's in there. Until we can be honest about that, we can't really relate to other people and be able to be vulnerable because we haven't been vulnerable with ourselves first. We haven't taken the time to really stop and say, okay, well, what's going on up in here? Let me find out what's happening in here before I can open up to you. Oof. Lord. Ah. So this is where we close out this episode. If you're able to share with me some of your insights. I would really, really love to hear from you uh, with this particular episode and this topic, what has stood out for you. My email is in the show notes. So if you go through that, you can um, check the, the show notes for my email address and you can email me. And hopefully in the sharing, you'll feel that you're able to let some of the things go and that you're able to kind of have a little bit more levity, some more light in your life. I thank you so much. I love you so much. And we'll see you on the next go round. I'm In Here is produced and edited by me, Kendall. The intro music was also created by me. 
You can find my wellness business, In Her Power, on Instagram at in her underscore power or on Twitter at in her power. You can email me with any questions, concerns, ideas, thoughts that you may have. My email address is Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L, at inherpower.space. To help support me in continuing to bring you some great content, I invite you to become a patron. Please make sure you review, share, and subscribe to this podcast.